0: Shorthanded Smith coming down the middle on the backhand, he shoots, he scores! Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show.
1: Knights get the puck out of the
2: zone. Here's Stone. Leads Stevenson coming in down the middle. He gets a backhander off, and it's in. Chandler Stevenson
0: from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios
2: and live at lbSportsNetwork.com with your hosts Darren Ballard
0: and Ryan Wallace.
2: Golden Knights coming up, a 6-3 win over the Los Angeles Kings. sole possession of first place in the Pacific Division, first place in the Western Conference is theirs as the Golden Knights uh, win uh, again, And uh, so much going on around the Vegas Golden Knights uh, coming out of the pause uh, for the holidays and then the added break because of COVID. Uh, players out of the lineup in COVID protocol, a coach in COVID protocol, and the team uh, put their work boots on and uh, produced a significant victory uh, with those two points. And we'll get into the ratings of that one plus our VGK News and Notes uh and uh, National Hockey League news and notes with our one-timer segment, uh, development involving a former goal tonight uh, has just taken place, and we'll bring you up to date on that. As uh, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace are broadcast live from Findlay Volkswagen and Valley Auto Mall, 983 Auto Show Drive. We have a couple of tickets to give away. One pair uh, to a lucky listener to come down, register. We've got a few uh, names in the draw drum right now, and we'll want to make sure that uh, we offer up these tickets uh, before we go off the air in this hour the tickets for Friday's noon start against the Anaheim Ducks on New Year's Eve Day. So uh, it's still time to uh, come down and put your name into the draw drum. But a 6-3 win uh, offensively. The Misfits were great uh, last night, uh, contributing all over the place in multiple different uh, areas. The the blue line was generating uh, points and, and pressure. And in goal, uh, you saw Laurent Brassois sub in again for Robin Leonard, making consecutive starts for the first time in his VJK career, and uh, and he produced a, a significant performance.
1: Yeah, for me, I I look at that game, and, and you know I I lobbied pretty pretty heavily for those saves that Bressois made on that penalty kill because, again, you're going to look at the numbers last night. You're going to look at the save percentage. It's not going to jump off the page at you for Lorraine Brassois, but there were key moments within that game where the Golden Knights needed a save, and more often than not in those moments, they got it from Brassois, and that's the type of goaltending that you're going to need uh, in order to navigate this period of time for however long you're going to be without Robin Leonard. Last night, Brassois was equal to the task. He was, at the end of the night, better than Jonathan Quick. And the Golden Knights
2: were much better as a whole than the Los Angeles Kings, and you examine what happened in early October where Vegas just wasn't as sharp as Mm -hmm. we've seen them uh, in the past, and it was Kopitar with a massive night, uh, Drew Dowdy with a four-point performance, and it was a a lopsided LA Kings win. The rules were reversed last night it was Vegas on point for much of the game and LA on their heels Vegas also hit three four posts uh, during the course of the game so it could have been worse
1: yeah it very it very easily could have been worse uh, you know there were certainly some goal posts that uh, that the Golden Knights hit there were some really good chances uh, that even Jonathan quick made some strong saves on so uh, yeah I, I thought offensively the Golden Knights were clicking on all cylinders I thought they did uh, well enough to defend they played with the puck for a long period of time and uh you know for me that was the type of game that the golden knights needed coming out of the break because a lot of the things that vegas did over the stretch prior to the break were evident in their game last night they they got contributions up and down the lineup depth scoring uh you snap some goal scoring droughts for chandler stevenson for riley smith for keegan kolasar um and, and then your power play. It, it goes 50%. And, and this is a power play that has been clicking on all cylinders over the last 12 games.
2: Best month in franchise history yeah, for the power play. Yeah, not bad. Uh, cruising along. So let's uh, offer up our thoughts via the ratings.
0: You see what I do that time with the pepper? You see what I do with the pepper? The people, the people, they want the pepper. All right? They want the pepper.
2: All right, Chapman. Have at her.
0: All right. Well, sixth straight win on the road. Six goals. Chandler Stevenson breaks his goal-scoring drought. There are only six players in the entire NHL who have more points than Chandler Stevenson at this point in the season. I can't go higher than a Carolina Reaper, but if I could go with a six, I would go with a six. I'm going to give it a Carolina Reaper.
2: Carolina Reaper from uh, one. Chapman,
1: what about you, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, it. it for me, it's, it was sloppy to start, but it was sloppy for both clubs. It was, it was a game that took a little bit of time to get into, but for the Golden Knights, you check all the boxes you needed to. It's a Carolina Reaper, it's your first game back off of an extended break. You're missing Petrangelo, Dodonov, Stone, Howden, and Pete DeBoer is not behind the bench either. And you go out there, you don't have Robin Leonard, and you, you hang six up on uh, the, the L.A. Kings. You, you chase Jonathan Quick from a game again. Uh, Carolina Reaper, it was, a, it was a strong performance from the Golden Knights getting back in the saddle. Uh, Chapman brings up a, an imp- interesting note. Uh, Chandler
2: Stevenson is more than a point-per-game player, mm-hmm. uh, 40% into the season. Yeah, pretty good. I, I don't know how many people saw that type of production, but... There's not a lot of them on this earth, which is a great credit to to Chandler Stevenson. And he's done much of it uh, without his two two wingers. And being able to uh, still produce points, even when he wasn't scoring goals, was significant. And he certainly was involved and and instrumental in the hot streak uh, by Mark Stone and, and Max Pacioretty. But 10 goals, 33 points in 32 games. Uh, a plus player and contributing uh, in in multiple different ways, uh, he's starting to become a, a a cog in this wheel that that makes it go, and not just uh, up up there in the in the passenger seat and an influencer on this team. So I think that that deserves to be mentioned. And the road success of this team, they have more wins away from T Mobile mm-hmm. than they do at the Fortress. Yeah. And they haven't been bad at the Fortress. But the road schedule this season has been instrumental in putting this club back into first place. The two wins in Denver and Dallas, after starting one and four, established a base to to calm things down. Mm -hmm. And then going out and sweeping that road trip out east, and now you tag on uh, uh, one win on the prior to the uh, four-game road trip and one win after. You got a franchise-record six-game streak uh, outside of of the Fortress. That also uh, is an an unexpected area of great strength for this team. We know that they can win at home. Mm -hmm. We know that they love playing at at the Fortress. But adding on to it on the other side uh, and and culminating with that win last night, I'm going right to the top. That, that was uh, off the Christmas break where you know it's going to be sloppy, where you know it's going to be uh, a, a little choppy at, at times. Uh, it's just a fact of life and you have to deal with it. Everybody does. Yeah. Uh, you're seeing it tonight again. Um, uh, there's, there's no doubt that that was uh, an, an impressive performance adding into The players that were out
1: yeah and i think it it sets the table for the golden knights to to build upon it here in the second half of the season unofficially the second half of the season like it has been a lot of adversity the golden knights have gone through that Uh, their ability to just go out on the road and play and and be that team that that kind of breaks the hearts of the home the home fans breaks the Mm -hmm. hearts of of teams that you know, are looking at it and saying, okay, we're at home. We should have an advantage here. I think the Golden Knights kind of relished the, the fact of going into someone else's barn and you know just putting together a game plan that's going to win a hockey game.
2: You look at the ice time last night?
1: I looked at uh, Zach Whitecloud's ice yeah. time. Massive, massive performance from Whitecloud. Okay, so the,
2: we talk about Stevenson picking up points and leading this team in production Mm -hmm. and knocking on the door becoming a a top 10 point producer in the national hockey league Uh, did anybody see zach whitecloud leading the team in minutes with alex petrangelo out of the lineup uh alec martinez is, is is not in the lineup but uh hasn't been for a while like zach whitecloud the last two games has done something he's never done before and that's lead this team in ice time,
1: and he's he's done a heck of a job doing it. Like the game last night for Zach Whitecloud, not only is he playing hard, strong defensive minutes, uh, but he's also out there impacting the score sheet. He sets up that play with Matias M. the fifth goal of the game, that gets Jonathan Quick t- uh, chased out of the game. Um, I've I've said from day one when when the Golden Knights were going through the injuries early on, it was. A lot was being made of the players that got an opportunity to play in the NHL. The Jake Lesitions, the Paul Cotters, the Daniel Miramanovs, Like, that in and of itself is awesome for those players. But at some point, you need guys down your lineup or playing in positions where they've excelled to step into a larger role. Zach Whitecloud, Nick Haig, those types of guys are, are who you're talking of. Nick Waugh for, for a 10-game, 12-game stretch playing with the Misfits was that guy. For Zach Whitecloud, it has been nothing but steady increases in, in his production and his responsibility, and all he's done is check those boxes every single time. There's been more asked of him. He no. is settled in as a really, really key piece of this team.
2: Now, last night, the, the minutes were spread around pretty good, but the previous game when they were playing the, the Tampa Bay Lightning, mm-hmm. like they, his, his minutes were huge in in that game, and we're talking uh twenty six forty but but last night uh like they, they leaned on him but they they were able to spread it around a little bit mm-hmm. uh, but my point in in bringing up the two different games is he still led them in ice time yeah in two very different games where uh you you could make a case that that it would be jumbled based on uh one chasing game a little bit and being in a back and forth offensive uh uh track meet with with uh, and, and a more balanced game against Tampa Bay and then last night where he had a, a lead and you could pace yourself a little bit
1: I, I think it's because he's in all situations defenseman like you, you you know you can rely on him uh, in a game where you are having to kill four four power plays for four penalties as the Golden Knights did yesterday like you, you know that Zach Whitecloud's going to be on the ice in in key moments there. Uh, you know how good he is at 5-on-5. Five five. Like, this is just a guy that you can trust in a lot of different situations. And, you know, you y- you utilize him against Tampa because he's one of your better defenders. And you, you have him out there in key moments against L.A. because, again, he-, he continues to rise to the occasion no matter what you throw at him. He finds a way mm-hmm. to-, to just be the type of player you need him to be. It surprised me that
2: he was... Above 27 minutes last night in, in, in that game. Yeah. It just, I thought it would be uh, lower. End. Now, McNabb was still 23 29. Yeah. Um, who else was over over 20 minutes uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights on, on the blue line? Uh, Shea Theodore, 24 24. So you had, you had three guys that were all up there. But I, I thought in that type of game, we wouldn't see as much of, of of Zach White. We wouldn't see as much of anybody. Well, be, beca- because of you know special teams and there's there's well, tons and of and, that.
1: And that's the other thing, like to, to be said for Zach Whitecloud. He had six minutes and fifty eight seconds of yeah. shorthanded time. Like you're looking at killing eight minutes of penalties mm-hmm. for the for the Golden Knights. Uh, it makes sense that Zach Whitecloud was on the ice for nearly seven of those eight minutes.
2: And that's where Chandler Stevenson's extra ice time comes from. Yeah. Uh, Nick Haig, though, three minutes, 19 seconds of, of shorthanded ice time. There's, there's different players. And, by the way, didn't mention he was back last night. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Game time decision. Uh, he was in the lineup last night. Uh, Max Pacioretty was, was game time decision. He was in the lineup. But uh, the, the Zach Whitecloud growth continues to be impressive. Uh, and we already saw extreme acceleration of of where we saw him coming in to where he was at the start of this year to where he is now mm-hmm. is uh, is pretty extreme
1: yeah I, again he's he's a player that I, I think, you, you're starting to see the, the comfortability factor. You're starting to see just how confident he is in where his game is. And, you know, for, for me, for my yeah. money, Zach Whitecloud is not a, a third-pair defenseman. I, I think he's a, he's a top-four defenseman in this league. And you're starting to see that there are different ways to utilize him. Like, just, again, talking about all, just two seconds shy of seven minutes killing penalties last night. And that was the best the Golden Knights penalty as kill has looked in a long time. They were able to go 4 for 4 on the penalty kill, and that's in large part to Zach Whitecloud and just being exactly the play needs him to be. He's not the flashiest player in the world, but he's going to make the right play more often than not, and I think that just continues to be proven true every single time he's on the ice.
2: Uh, the guy that uh, where, where those minutes came from, Dylan Coghlan, didn't play... Uh... Cracked the ten-minute mark, uh, uh, so he he struggled a little bit yeah. last night. Yeah. Uh, so those minutes uh, were certainly taken from from there. And Ben Hutton was fourteen minutes and uh, in, in change. Uh, and they they essentially went five and then knocked it down uh, to to four defensemen uh, at times last night. But being able to win those games, being able to win uh, without your best lineup, that's that's become the trademark of of this group at this point of, of the season when you're uh, 40% of the campaign and, and you're still in first place and you're able to uh, capitalize on those opportunities that maybe other clubs aren't as comfortable in.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's been the, the calling card for this Golden Knights team all year long, and, and I think that it makes them a better team down the stretch because you, you can look down the lineup, you can look down the bench, and recognize and understand that someone is going to step up. Because in the past, that's what's happened. This team has come together, and it has been a different hero most every night for the Golden Knights this year. And you've got 21 wins in 33 games, 34 games, uh, because you've had a different hero every single night it was early on in the year, it was Robin Leonard. Phenomenal goaltending. uh, Because you didn't have the offensive firepower to to win games by scoring five goals. And recently, when the goaltending has not necessarily given you the saves you were looking for or hoping for, or you were getting at the beginning of the year, now it's the goal scoring, now it's the depth, now it's the power play. Uh, At various points of the year, different aspects of the Golden Knights' complete team game has... Come through in in major ways, and
2: it could be getting better because players like Alex Petrangelo and Evgeny Dadonov and the head coach Pete DeBoer, uh, Brett Howden, all missed last night's game in COVID protocol. There's been a change, a tweak to how the National Hockey League is dealing with COVID. We'll run that by you and uh, fill you in and give you the 411, the uh, update on whether or not any of those four people may return for Friday's game against the Anaheim Ducks. As we broadcast live from Finley Volkswagen, a Valley Auto Mall, a couple of tickets available to Friday's noon start against the Anaheim Ducks, the top two teams in the Pacific Division. Uh, squaring off in the final game of 2021 we want to send you to that game on friday but you have to come down here you have to fill out a ballot and you have to uh make sure that you are involved in the draw just by coming down to 983 auto show drive we're right under the christmas tree inside finley volkswagen one-timers coming up next on fox sports las vegas maybe a two-on-one petrangelo gets it he shoots he scores
0: it's time for one-timers one-timers Short-handed goal alex petrangelo quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the vgk insiders show
2: let's get into it as it relates to COVID-19 and the period in which you are away from the club if you are placed in a COVID protocol. The National Hockey League has adopted the new uh, guidelines uh, provided by the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. And so that knocks down the isolation period from 10 days to five days within your governing body. Now it's a a guideline. It's it's not if, if if you're living in a in a province in, in Canada, they, you got to work under their their guidelines. But uh, for most of the teams in the National Hockey League, it goes from down from 10 days to five days. And this is significant because in a case of uh, Pete Tabor and Brett Howden, who are placed in the COVID protocol at the start of the week, uh, it it's going to... Minimize their absence significantly, and it virtually guarantees, providing they're healthy and and they provide the uh, test negative. Uh, Alex Petrangelo and Evgeny Dadonov uh, will be back on Friday and available.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's huge news, obviously, for the Vegas Golden Knights. And, and again, we're 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 looking at this as as kind of an understanding that Petrangelo and Dodonov should be back for that game on Friday, but. Uh, you know, again, as, as you're looking at head coach, Pete DeBoer, the, the initial time frame of 10 days uh, would more or less prevent him from coaching in four or five games. Mm-hmm. You knock that down to two, like that's massive for the Golden Knights.
2: It's great. Uh, so here it is. Uh, if a player has no symptoms or his symptoms clear up after the five days, he may return to practices and games if he registers either a negative lab based PCR test or two negative uh, point of care tests. Collected more than uh, or less than uh, two hours apart. So uh, medical clearance from each club has to be required as well. Uh, that is across the board. That's going to make it much easier to field lineups, mm-hmm. rosters. Uh, that with the, the taxi squad will also uh, help out. That's the uh, hope on, on that side of it. And uh, working uh, across the board. Now, local jurisdiction that not have control. So if you're playing in Canada, it is still 10 days, sure, for for the quarantine. Now here's what somebody told me today. Okay, because there's a the, the whole Canada U.S. how it's interpreted is is really interesting. If Connor McDavid tests positive, I'll you just use this as an example. Okay, he he's at five days, and they're playing in the States. He's eligible. To play in the game after five days if he's negative sure. and everything. But when he goes home back to Canada, he has to serve at least another five days of quarantine and maybe the full ten. Yeah, it's it's what? it's bizarre. Just how how the the rules are interpreted. He if he tests positive in Canada, he has to serve ten days sure. of quarantine. Sure. If if he leaves after five and goes plays those games in the States uh, he's got to come back he's got to serve at least another five days so they, there's a few things that they still have to iron out yeah and it it may sound far-fetched but it's not that far-fetched that it could happen if, if, a, if a player in Canada tests on a Canadian-based team mm-hmm. uh, test positive and halfway through that quarantine process uh, he plays in the United States they're on a road trip he can he's eligible
1: to go play so like, that, that brings up a lot of different questions. Yeah, oh, it's, it's, right? it's because, really complicated. Because in that, like, using that as a reference point. So if, if Connor McDavid tests positive in Canada, and five days go by, the Oilers are going on a seven-game road trip mm-hmm. in the States, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Connor McDavid could play in all seven of those yeah. games, and then when he gets back two weeks later... Would be subject to a quarantine. That's what I was told today. That yeah, yeah. that there's there's a lot of murkiness as 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 the rules are written. Right.
2: That's what would have to happen. Now it it at some point you think common sense would take over. Yes, but you hope anyway. Well, when but when you're dealing with all of this, yeah. There's been a, a few instances where common sense didn't take over because the rules were cut and dry, black yeah. and white. Yeah. And and at times that that's needed, even though it doesn't make any sense, right? As as goofy as uh, as that sounds, but uh, the the important thing is uh, for for the Vegas Golden Knights is it, it knocks it down to, to five days, uh, providing you test negative, mm-hmm. and that's going to help uh, get. I mean, you you could potentially, if everything comes together properly, with. Uh, with this situation, you you could have Howden, Tabor, I don't. I don't they, they're right on the edge. Sure. Uh, of qualifying for Friday, and especially being a noon start, I don't sure. know whether yeah whether uh, hours come in, into play. But for sure, Petrangelo and Dodonov, if if they're negative and
1: medically cleared, they're in. It would be it would be really awesome. I think for the Golden Knights to get. Petrangelo and Dodonov back again we you know we you look at that last game against the Tampa Bay Lightning and and the news of that day uh, in losing your your best defenseman losing your depth contribution scoring and a guy that helps your power play go uh, the idea that you could be looking at just two games without those two players that's huge for the Golden Knights and then if you kind of extrapolate that out and if you can get Brett Howden back in the lineup, if you can get Pete DeBoer back behind the bench by Sunday, mm-hmm. it's huge. Uh, Capitals
2: and the Nashville Predators are tied up at three in this one. I always check uh, whenever the Capitals are playing to <laughs> see whether or not Alexander Ovechkin uh, has scored, but he hasn't. Yeah. And it's been a weird game because the Capitals had a 3-0 lead and after one, and the Predators have come back to take a, uh, a tight position in this game with three goals in the second. The Nashville Predators are the hottest team in the National Hockey League. Yeah. nobody's paying any attention to them. No, zero. No, love
1: being. I'm not showered on the uh, on the Nashville Predators. Why not? I feel about the Nashville Predators the same way you feel about the Anaheim Ducks. Oh, the shoes gonna fall off. Yeah. But the shoe hasn't even really been on that much.
2: Well, I, they, were, they, were, they struggled early, and then they went down. Now they're they're back on, on another heater.
1: I, I like I look at the Nashville Predators, and, and this is honestly like the way that I view this team. Every year they go on a run that convinces them that they are a better hockey team than they actually are, mm. and they that run ends, and it usually ends about the point in time where you have to make a decision at the trade deadline. Do we go all in? Do we sell off assets? What do we do here? And it more, more often than not puts David Boyle in a bad spot where he has to try to reward his team or supplement his team in a way when he should be looking to move and, and start a retooling of some sort. And I, I just think that the National Predators kind of fall into that mediocre category for me more uh, all too often because they convince themselves they're something that they're not because they go on a heater, and it lasts long enough to convince them that they have a shot at making the playoffs.
2: I didn't see what happened, but Mark Burbietzky fought Tom Wilson in that game.
1: I'll, I'll look up. I don't I'll know whether up. anything
2: happened. I'll look into it. It looks like it, penalty-wise it's just a straight fight, but uh, Nashville, if Nashville wins tonight, they're first in the in the Central. Second in the, in the Western Conference. I know. I'm not. It, it, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, I want to update you on another game involving the Buffalo Sabres, and Alex Tuck makes his season debut in this one.
1: Yeah, and Alex Tuck. Okay, so setting the scene as best I can. Um, in typical Buffalo Sabre fashion, you are excited about a game. You have, Buffalo, uh, you have Alex Tuck making his debut. Also, Peyton Krebs making his debut for the Buffalo Sabres. And it's the New Jersey Devils coming out, taking a two-goal lead early in the first period. Outshot Buffalo 11-3 in the first. Yeah, not particularly good for the Buffalo Sabres, but it's the second period early on. Alex Tuck point shot, Tage Thompson redirect. Alex Tuck gets an assist in his first game as a Sabre.
2: Wait, the Buffalo Sabres are playing Alex Tuck on the blue line? (laughs)
1: I'd throw that in there. <laughs> that's good. Uh, uh, that's a great callback.
2: Two-two uh, uh, in that one, as Alex Tuck uh, makes his season debut, and yes, uh, Peyton Krebs is in the lineup for the uh, Buffalo Sabres. Not sure whether that was planned or timed that that way, that they would both make their debut uh, coming over uh, in in response to that trade. But um, good, good that the uh, the Buffalo Sabres are seeing some. Uh, impact from that Jack Eichel transaction. We continue to wait and uh, the watch will be on in January for Jack Eichel's uh, arrival in, in Vegas to see when uh, he does arrive and uh, then we'll update the, uh, the timeline on Jack Eichel.
1: Yeah, it, it, you know it, it's such an interesting spot I think to be as a, as a Golden Knights fan because you're looking at a Vegas team right now that's playing really, really well. And you know, again, 21 wins, 42 points, tops in the Western Conference. And then you start to get excited about the prospect of Jack Eichel. You start thinking about how do you evaluate this team right now on its own, understanding that there's this entire entity you're going to be adding in mm-hmm. that has the potential to be just an absolute difference maker, game breaker every single night he's on the ice. So, Chatted
2: with Eddie Olczyk today. Yeah. And we were just going back and forth on a couple of things. And, and he brought up Eichel. He's like, the eyes just light up. And and Vegas is going to add Eichel? <laughs> what? <laughs> Eichel? Um, uh, interesting. Calgary Flames uh, could be looking for a top defenseman. You know who they, they're looking at? Mark
1: Giordano. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know. Makes, makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Because they, they love him. They know him. Good player. Throw the C back on him when yeah, you yeah, trade I him. I don't
2: know whether that, that happens or, or not. That. Uh, but the uh, it, Seattle Kraken—they've uh, got a great asset and, and an asset. No, at the expansion draft, uh, Seattle was was asking for uh, a first, a second, or a third. So a first and a second or a third. Okay. For Seattle not to take Giardano. Mm-hmm. Now that they have him. Uh, and I don't think because it's it's in-season, the price isn't as, as high, you're at least looking at a first, maybe a first-third, first-fourth type thing uh, for the uh, for the Seattle Kraken to give up Mark Giordano.
1: Huh. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd love to see it um, just because you, you you look at the Calgary Flames, and again, we talked about it yesterday. I think that they're one of those teams that can legitimately challenge the golden knights for first place in the division Um, but you just don't really know what they're going to be coming off of their extended covid break Uh, but for a guy like mark giordano especially to see how well the flames had played to that point yeah you want him to have a chance to, to win something, right? Like you want him to get into a playoff situation. You want him to have um, an ability to do some damage because you don't know how much longer he's going to be playing for. Uh, and and he's not going to sniff the playoffs with the Seattle Kraken.
2: A sell-off is not underway in Montreal, but they're, they're getting things in order for trade deadline and moving some pieces on. One of those is uh, Brendan Gallagher. He, he's in the first year of a six year deal
1: mm.
2: not interested in a rebuild is interested in getting rich though
1: sure. so that's I why don't you signed sign that. that deal yeah, yeah.
2: six year uh, deal at six and a half million so I don't know whether they move off him or not but one uh, player that is drawing significant interest is Tyler Toffoli has two years left pretty manageable contract at
1: 4.25 i take a hard look at Tyler Toffoli I think that there's a player there that on a contending team can do some real damage like you know the shot that he has he's, he's one of those guys that has been on really good teams he's, he's won it all he's seen everything um, I'm with you if Tyler Toffoli is available there should be a lot of teams looking to, to add him to the mix especially teams that think they have a chance of winning a Stanley Cup uh,
2: the idea
1: that Canadian
2: games are being postponed because they don't uh, have the ability, because of local jurisdictions and requirements uh, dealing with capacity, Uh, can't put people in the buildings. It's, there's a a line being drawn here between the league and the teams and local government. And the league and the teams are trying to put, use the fan base to put pressure on local government
1: to put people in the seats. The infographic you just drew is really helpful. Pretty good. Thank you. Looks like a fish hook, doesn't it? Doesn't look like anything that no. that you just described.
2: No. But my line was good, wasn't it? You, you drew the, you the drew line, the line was, well. The line was all right. Everything else. yeah,
1: like, Could have just written out the word league uh, and, and scribble.
2: Yeah. Uh, I was going to do cursive. My daughter was trying to teach me cursive the other day. Do you not know cursive? No. I can write my name in cursive. Well, for That's it. Well,
1: autographs, right?
2: Yeah. What
1: was the last autograph you signed? I
2: don't know. Probably a month ago. I don't know, less than a month ago, inside that. I do a lot of signings down uh, at the strat. Do you? Yeah. I just I just go there myself. <laughs> Sit there, grab a bench. Yeah. Put up a table, say signings. You may you'd be amazed. You just put up a table and say signing. People come back and they'll 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 ask you to what's, sign stuff.
1: What's that What's that initial conversation like? At the strat? No, no. Just when when you put up a sign that says signings and someone walks People up to you. People come by and go.
2: They, it's fun watching people just walk by and go,
1: "Who's that? Who's that?"
2: and uh, and I just sit there and wait, and then they eventually come over and they ask for something. They they said, Are "You signing?" Yeah, that's what the sign says. I'm signing. So they said, "Okay, can we get something?" I said, "So I sign it." Usually just a piece of paper. I can't afford the the glossies. That was so probably that was utterly ridiculous. A month ago, maybe wow. maybe more. You should come by and try it someday. No, yeah, but don't, me, don't use my, no, no, no. My, my area, though. Believe me, I, I okay? will not
1: use your area. At no point in time am I trying to encroach on your free signings. Um, yeah. But I do want to see that in action. So please let me know when you're getting antsy and you want to sign pretty, some paper. It's it's all about getting your name out there, even if they don't know the name. Well, do you explain who you are to them? No. Why not? Why wouldn't you do no, that? It's just,
2: a, just a practice. Get to know the people a little bit.
1: All right. Here's, here's what I need to tell. If you have ever had anything signed by Darren Malone, please tweet at me, at Ryan Hockey Guy at Fox Sports Las Vegas. Please let us know what that experience was like. I always feel bad if
2: I have to sign a hat or a jersey. <laughs> Why would you because, do that? Because, like, if somebody I mean, somebody you're says, famous, but, if like... somebody asks you to do that, I always feel bad because I feel like it, I'm ruining the jersey. Like Shane Knighty? Uh-huh. He played in the league. Sure. You can sign that. Yeah. Um... I got a good Shane 90 story for it. I don't know whether I'll get to it tonight, but uh, from, from the gas station today.
0: You know, it's 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 kind of cool that you mentioned that because I won't say which player, but a few weeks ago, I think it was the Tampa game, I rode up the press elevator with a player's parents, and they were both wearing his jersey, and I could see the back of the father's jersey was signed by that player, which I which I thought was uh, pretty interesting. I thought it was cool.
2: So it was signed by his son.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean... Why not, right? Like, if my, totally. kid's, if my kid's in the league, you better believe I'm going to have his signed jersey.
2: Uh, Montreal Canadiens coach Dominic Ducharme said that Carey Price was supposed to see a knee doctor before Christmas in New York. But that meeting has been moved to a, a virtual meeting. I don't have the update on how that went, but I am st- I don't want to do this. But yeah. I'm starting to become skeptical that we're going to see him this year. I hope we do i really do but uh do you shut him down the whole year or do you, does he come back and play a handful of games
1: i mean like if i'm looking at this from a from a prudent perspective outside of of just kind of wanting carrie price back in or or carrie wanting to play this year if if that's not really on the table, what's the point, right? Like, well, career much- numbers, wins, shutouts, all that kind of sure, stuff add up. Sure, but, I mean, we're, we're already looking at 41 games at best. Like, if, if everything goes well from this point forward, yeah. you're looking at half a season at best. Yeah. And every day uh, that there's not really movement toward Carey Price getting back into NHL action... Uh, that number dwindles and dwindles. I, I think at this point, if you're the Montreal Canadiens, you know you're not going to be turning things around anytime soon. Um, I, I kind of, I kind of feel like you just shut it down. You, you go for next year and, and try to retool. And I don't know how much retooling you can do with the with 96 million dollars in in uh, in payroll this year. Uh, it, like it astounds me. It legitimately astounds me. And I know how, how much money they have. How much money they have on the books this year yeah it's crazy uh, i if
2: you do move on from from Carey price and they give him that that option mm-hmm. uh, like in the off season sure would the team not want to like hopefully see some 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 of his work this season that's why i am hopeful uh that carrie price will play uh, the national hockey league is going to play its winter classic on saturday night that was my whole uh, the point of my conversation with Eddie Olczyk today was revolving <laughs> around uh, around TNT's broadcast yeah. uh, today, yeah. and then we got into so many other things that uh, well, it was it was an interesting conversation that that'll air in the church, But it, they say, and this is my buddy Steve Mayer from the NHL, that weather will not be an issue. At least the cold weather will not be an issue. Uh, the game will go on. Okay, it might be the coldest Winter Classic ever played nice the the game the first ever outdoor game montreal and montreal and edmonton at commonwealth stadium in edmonton uh it was cold there like yeah. it was it was ridiculous i can't believe they actually played that game <laughs> and, and and folks uh who are wondering that was what played and they had an alumni game okay gretzky played in the alumni game yeah mark messier played an alumni game and then he flew back and played for the New York Rangers the next day against the Ottawa Senators. <laughs> he, he, he played in an alumni game for the Oilers one day Absolutely. and played in the league for the New York Rangers as captain the next day. That's a leader uh, at Madison Square Garden. But uh, that that was as cold as you could get. Buffalo was cold. Uh, the the Big House game uh, was was really cold. Detroit uh-huh. uh, against Toronto. Uh, a lot of snow in that one. Uh, Saturday in Minneapolis, we're talking uh, minus nineteen. <sighs> like minus nineteen.
1: Like I, there's there's nothing you could do to contextualize that for me. Yeah, literally nothing. Yeah, I've I, never been in in temperatures that cold. Really? Ever? No. Yeah, uh,
2: I don't I don't think you would enjoy it. Like I don't mind the cold. No, I don't don't I don't think you enjoy it unless you're skiing, and even then, I'm I'm not sure. Like I don't know I don't know what possibly. Ice fishing, dumb activity. you got to be in a <laughs> hut and, 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 and around some type of warm. Like I, don't, I don't know what would make you enjoy being around minus 19. I
0: don't think so there's that anything. That, there's nothing. No. Like, there's no. cold, and then there's that. That is beyond. Like, I don't mind the cold. But, look, I'm, I'm not going anywhere in that.
2: The, the benches and the penalty boxes are heated. Paul, oh, I'm taking penalties all night long. So there's that. So that's where Darren Pang's going to be. Uh, he'll be in the penalty box. <laughs> Holy uh, jumping. Or the, uh, or, or the timekeeper's bench. He'll, he'll be doing that. And Edzo uh, and uh, his, his buddy will be up in the play-by-play booth at Target Field. They're going to call it from up top, which he's never done before, And uh, instead of being down along the glass. Mm-hmm. So he's taken care of. But the, uh, the fans, like out there for three, four hours, and that minus 19 is the forecast low, mm-hmm. but, and it's a night game. Oh. So it's, there's, uh, I don't know whether, um, I don't know. It, my idea of holding an outdoor game on an aircraft carrier sounds bigger, better and better and more enjoyable all the time. Yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't that be fun? Sure would. Yeah. That's uh, one timers for this Wednesday, December, hmm. Uh, We have two tickets to give away. We will do that uh, after this break. So you have about, uh, if you're anywhere near the Valley Auto Mall, uh, come over to Finley Volkswagen, and we'll give you an opportunity to uh, fill your name in, and then we'll put it on the draw drum, and we'll draw for those two tickets to Friday's game uh, between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Anaheim Ducks, uh, next on Fox Sports Las Vegas.
0: When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. All right, right, Chapby. I want to go back to this Chandler Stevenson thing because, like I mentioned, there's only six guys in the entire NHL right now who have more points than him. Now, he's tied with a couple of guys as well with 33 points, but when you look at the names of the players that are around him and some of the players that he's ahead of, I mean, it's basically like an all-star team that Chandler Stevenson is in the same company with. Guys like Austin Matthews, guys like Kirill Kaprizov, Ovechkin, Dreisidal. I mean, these are all guys that that are around Chandler Stevenson. All right, maybe Dreisidal McDavid Ovechkin a little farther ahead, but I mean, he's really not that far from Nazem Kadri who who is uh, third in the league in points with 38 so Chandler Stevenson is having a phenomenal phenomenal year and I don't know what we got to do but we got to get this guy in the all-star game because he no, he's, cert- a, he's going to the all-star he's game. playing at at that level like he has earned being an all-star and, and I think you know he's a guy who when you look at who has really carried this team especially at periods when things didn't look great it's Chandler Stevenson like this this guy's had a phenomenal phenomenal year and I hope you're right. I hope he does go to the All-Star game because he deserves it. He's earned I, it.
2: I don't know anything, but the the hockey operations that fills out the the rosters, I talked to them. I don't know anything. I don't know anything for sure. But I made sure that they're aware of what Chandler's doing, and I also made them aware of the because the the one of the biggest challenges of, of All-Star is finding guys like who's who's going to be what skills competition. Mm-hmm fastest skater yeah. right there. Yeah. Wouldn't that be awesome? Pack T-Mobile, Fortress, just going to town for Chandler Stevenson, ripping it around the rink. Yeah,
0: The place would be electric.
2: Not only that, it'd be fun.
0: Yeah, but we know you don't like fun, so.
2: <laughs> hey, uh, we've uh, got two tickets to give away. You ready to do that? Sure. Uh, make that draw. All right. What's the name? Here, read it. Richard, there you go. Can you uh, not, for doing the, that, not the greatest. uh Richard, ever... I'm all about. See, Richard, Richard didn't use cursive on yeah. his own name. Oh, it's good.
1: It's good. Sorry, I was I was a little perplexed. Mike Smith is returning to action for the Edmonton Oilers, and he's allowed tonight. Yeah, he's in. <laughs> yeah, he's allowed... we know you love him. He's allowed two goals on five
2: shots. Yes. Nice. Jonathan Quick's a Hall of Famer. He allowed three straight goals last
1: night. Yeah, but at least Jonathan Quick has a 9.30 save percentage this year. It can happen. Mike Smith is Mike Smith.
2: Tell you what, Jonathan Quick was having a great year his last two games. Not good. Not great. But uh, we will be back uh, tomorrow. We will set up uh, the New Year's Eve day game for you against the Anaheim Ducks. And uh, whatever else happens tonight, 8-7 last night, 5-4, 6-3. Got a lot of goals already. Talk to you tomorrow.